0: You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen.
1: And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson and we are chatting today about the uh, issues surrounding local municipalities and the failures thereof, what the role of Cogta, the oversight body, should be, and what uh, measures. Uh, Residents and citizens can take on the line with us to take us through these uh, wonderful issues that are facing us at, at municipal level. We have uh, we have Tion Albert, who's a legal practitioner, as I said, at non-profit business organisation. Saka Good afternoon, Tion. how I trust you're well.
0: Good afternoon, Rob.
1: Fantastic to have you on the show here. Now, I've been I introduced the show with. um Trying to explain the levels of government in the three spheres of, of our government and how they're supposed to work independently, yet, yet they don't and often have to be taken over by, um, other, other organizations and tasks and management functions passed on. And we've never seen this more. Uh, in a more more and more obvious than at a local municipal level, where perhaps the citizens are closest to to government. So, what what is going on at a, a local government level?
0: Well, Rob, um, what we've seen at least in in the northwest and limbopo certainly also in the Free State, is that. Uh, service delivery has decayed to uh, at such a level that businesses have no other choice but to leave to other parts of the country or even overseas to conduct their businesses.
1: Yes, which I think that was highlighted quite, quite recently in a, in a case that I did mention there. Um, in fact, there's been several, several cases recently and I think the obvious is the Clover Dairy issue and that is, um, Quite a quite a substantial loss for any local municipality, and there was also the uh, recent uh, court case around um, local service delivery issues and uh correct me if i 'm if i 'm wrong but um that was also with quite a quite a large group there uh, both poultry producer astral foods which uh, could not they run a sustainable business because the municipalities simply couldn 't provide um, the the services that they were actually mandated to do so what 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 are the options there? I mean they had to take government to court on on this and then uh, government had to uh, would had to admit that they failed in their in their constitutional mandate. Uh, do you know anything about the case what What was the outcome or what were the reasons behind that?
0: Yeah, so that's a very interesting case and, and very fresh, uh, case, you know, in terms of our South African case law. Um, so what they managed, Astral Foods managed to do is they got a court order to mandate, uh, the provincial government to take over the functions of the government to basically intervene, uh, in the service delivery. And it was, this was in terms of section 139 of the constitution. In terms of section 139 of the constitution, provincial government is supposed to, well that first of all they have a discretionary, uh, roles and they can decide to implement, uh, administration over a local government where the local government fails to fulfill its, its obligations. Uh, now these obligations, uh, include maintaining essential, essential national standards or it established minimum standards for rendering of services now and then there comes a certain point and this is where section one three one thirty nine five of the constitution comes in where provincial government no longer has a choice but to intervene and to place the local municipality under administration now clearly in the case of astral uh, they in terms of that municipality uh the provincial government was supposed to intervene they had an obligation to do so and they failed to do so and asrol basically got a court order uh basically mandating uh the provincial government to intervene and to put the uh municipality under administration and this includes uh reports having to be submitted on on a fixed term basis uh in order for the provincial authority to be able to assess and also the national treasury to be able to assess what is going on and if there are any improvements.
1: Mm. That's a that's a very seem to be as a simple process as is sometimes made out in the media, where uh, residents, if they're not happy, they can pay say their rates and taxes into a a managed trust fund or something like that, and then um, hold back on on rates and taxes until the municipality municipality sorts itself out as you know that uh, they, i don't see that ever really really having any effect at all because if, if the municipality is incapable um holding it to ransom is certainly not going to solve any any problems so the what i what i'm picking up here is that the it's quite a quite a legal process that has to be followed in in a certain order where um if a municipality is not performing or if it's failing then it has to, you have to approach treasury and then, uh, cogta and then the provincial, uh, provincial legislature and then only kind of go to a national level, then through to the courts and then only kind of go into private administration if that is possible. Is private administ- administration uh, a viable option? Is it a reality? Could it possibly happen?
0: Well, I, th- I think so, but it's, it's, uh, it's a step by step process. Uh, there's also, obviously, separation of power uh, issues here. And uh, for in order for private bodies to take over functions of a municipality, uh, you're probably going to need a court order for that to happen uh, because you're kind of circumventing the status quo that has been put in place uh, by the constitution and legislation. But there is room for that. Um, it happened in Koster at the end of last year with the court uh gave permission, basically ordered a private, uh, I think it was a taxpayers union or local chamber of commerce to take over the critical functions of the municipality. Uh, so that, uh, judgment was kind of an anomaly. Uh, it's not something it will, that will, uh, you'll see repeated soon, I think, but th- I think there's room for that. But I think there's a first, there's a few steps that we can attempt before we get to that. F- stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and uh, it's kind of to to break it down and just say let's look at what the most urgent need is at the moment. So if you look at Lichtenberg, where Clover has decided to, you know, depart from, uh their main concerns related to electric, electricity and water. Now what happens here is that the municipality receives uh funds, receives uh yeah fees from the local residents and businesses such as clover and they're supposed to to pay that over to escom and to the water boards and so forth so that uh, electricity uh, services can ensue and water critical services can ensue now what has been happening and this is very apparent if you look at the audited statements of these municipalities is that they simply fail to pay over said amounts to the relevant, uh, service providers. So, but there is something we can do in, the, in this instance, and it's to say that we should simply ring fence the fees payable to ESCOM and the water board and so forth. Now, you rightly said earlier that, uh, to put it in a trust fund, uh, won't solve the problem. And I think implied in that statement is if it's still run by the same people. Who failed to pay over monies to ESCOM and to the water board. Uh, but what we can ask the court for here, and that's indeed what Sarkalicha is doing, is to say that, uh, we want this, uh, this fund, ring-fenced fund, to be administered by an independent, uh, let's say auditors, uh, and it's not taking over the functions of the municipality. So you you, you don't have to go through the whole separations of power uh, debate. It's simply saying that residents pay money payable to ESCOM to the municipality. That money should be paid over directly to ESCOM, uh, for instance. Uh, and the rest of the money that the municipality, uh, income that they generate, they can spend, still continue to spend as they deem fit.
1: Sounds brilliant. And I think that's, that, that hits a nail on, on the head there. It's, we've got to get rid of that, that middleman, which the municipality seems to play a very good role in. And, um, the question is, why can't residents or businesses or, or citizens or households pay service providers directly? What is what is the whole deal deal around that? Is it is it a viable option? Is it a model that could be applied to all all musical regions? Um, is it something that we could see happening in the future? Uh, maybe maybe tell us a bit more about uh, the the unique approach that that you've taken in this, and if it could be applied uh, countrywide.
0: Well, certainly, I think, uh, so uh, luckily and fortunately, this is a remedy, so-called special master, that we want to appoint or have appointed by the courts. Uh, it's a remedy that has actually been invented by the constitutional courts and in the all-pay case. Uh, that case, obviously, oh, that involved tenderers and, um, uh, for for social grant systems. Uh, so, it certainly is viable in terms of our law. It's good in, in, in terms of our law. Uh, but what needs to happen is that, uh, the court, uh, must be receptive to the arguments that, firstly, the status quo can't, uh, ensue. Uh, sec- and at, obviously, we're gonna argue that at the hand of, of evidence, uh, direct evidence from members of the community, pertaining to uh, the decay of service delivery, also with reference to a report that has been drawn up by the uh, MEC for for Cohta uh, in northwest, which basically confirms that uh, there has been uh, – all of these municipalities have failed, that there's no certain way forward, and the province has tried to intervene unsuccessfully. Uh, and basically that there are no further options in terms of the existing framework. So on that basis, we will approach the court to, with a simple request, and that is to ring fit, to have the funds for ESCOM and critical, other critical services ring fenced and to be administered by an independent so-called special master. In this case, we will nominate, uh, firm of auditors, um, but it doesn't have to be that firm. The courts can uh, make a discretionary decision, as long as it's not the municipality, and that's the whole point. Uh, we need to externalize this event of paying money to the relevant service providers uh, to externalize it outside of a state's apparatus. Uh, and uh, it might be a temporary measure uh, after a while where order is reestablished, or it might become a permanent feature of, of uh, local governance in South Africa. We're certainly looking to, to set some, some firm and, and crisp uh, precedent in, in our law.
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds absolutely wonderful, and I think it's, it's something we de- desperately need, with um, over 85% of municipalities failing due to financial mismanagement it seems like the the absolute perfect perfect solution um you mentioned something there about the uh, pro- provincial administration or th- provinces tried to take over on the administration of that yet they failed why did they fail and and what what are they, what was the outcome of that
0: well i uh, on a political level i 'll venture to 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 uh, say that uh, Provincial governments, if we talk in a strictly, you know, party politics sense of it, is very dependent on, on local governments, uh, because, you know, they, cl- they're the closest to the communities. So, uh, they have real leverage, uh, that is local governments, uh, for instance, if you take the ANC and Northwest on a local government level, they have real leverage uh, because they're the closest to the community, they can influence them in all sorts of ways. It could be, that could detriment, uh, you know, the party in a, uh, let's say a national election. Uh, so that's on a political level. Uh, but what also is the case is why it's failing is simply because it's not salvageable. Uh, that's the actual reality of the day is that, uh, provincial governments of Northwest intervening or attempting to intervene uh, in a system, a local system where no bookkeeping exists, uh, records don't exist, uh, there's no governance, you see an oscillation between different uh, municipal managers, for instance, uh, there's real uh, bad and turbulent politics going on. So, Trying to, so that is where to be fair to the provincial government, it's not really something that you can properly intervene in. So that is why we are going to ask the court to basically externalize this event of paying over monies, uh, so that the burden doesn't have to rest on the provincial government to solve that on a political level.
1: Absolutely, I think that's a very important point. Is you have to keep uh, politics out of service delivery, which is something that our current government, in various forms, seems to not quite not quite understand. Uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned there that, um, that there's political interference in service delivery from a provincial, national, right down to municipal level, which I, I found absolutely astounding. Surely, with the uh, um, impending local community or local elections. The focus of any, any political party should be on service delivery and fixing, fixing those issues at a local level. You often have to question as to why um, the ANC would want to um, interfere and not allow a municipality to, to run correctly. But as, as you say, that is. All political games that, that that are being played, which is which is sad in uh, local municipal administration, which is not meant to be political. It's meant to be um, service delivery orientated and uh, operationally functional, and and so on. So, yeah, it's it's, it's it seems to be that there's the, a major struggle with with all these municipalities. And your solution, um, I have to ask you. If you say it's unsalvageable, it's at a, at a local level there, then, um, how would your solution be a remedy to that? And on that note, could, could your solution be uh, provided to say our state-owned entities as they are facing a very similar, a very similar problem in, in, in its, in, in a wider, wider sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, probably, uh, Cross that bridge when we get there in terms of state and entities in general. But the the point is here that first, so let's look what, what is going for us. Uh, let's take a more positive stance and say uh, there are service providers that are willing and able to deliver services to local municipalities. Let's take Northwest. There is not a, that's that is something that is working for us, and that we, the problem is that they don't get paid at this moment uh so if we take the politics out of it if we take the uh meddling in, in in the funds uh and what should be done in terms of financial administration out of it then we have a possible opportunity a long term opportunity uh, uh and you quite rightly asked earlier why should there be this middleman and uh it's, it's, it's in a sense ex- experimental to remove the middleman, but, uh, it just makes a lot of sense that, uh, for instance, Sedi being Water, uh, who recently threatened to cut off, or well, they gave an order to employees to, to suspend, uh, water, uh, maintenance, critical maintenance in, uh, in a municipality in Northwest because the municipality, uh, failed to pay them for, I think, several years. Um, so you have a service provider who's willing and able to deliver services. And uh and then obviously there's also private institutions who are willing and able to do this. And uh I think uh it's possibly the avenue that should be pursued. Uh first things first, let's help these businesses to to stay where they are. Uh let's alleviate the need for them to uh to leave. Uh, I think you don't want this ex- no, this exodus of, of businesses from, uh, let's say a local municipalities or towns in Northwest will inevitably, uh, lead up to kind of a, a ghost town mm. type of situation because if you don't have businesses, uh, you don't have jobs, uh, so there's no point in people staying there. Definitely
1: ghost town, yes.
0: Yeah, so businesses are kind of the glue keeping these, uh, these sounds together. So I think, I think this is, I think time will tell. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding, but Mm -hmm. there's a real opportunity here. Tian from
1: uh, Sarkalika, which is a fantastic uh, business focused, uh, or nonprofit organization, which assists in local government matters and broader issues as, as well. And we're chatting about the failure of municipalities and what local businesses and individuals can, can do to safeguard, uh, their livelihoods. Um, Tian, you were, well, welcome back, Tian. We were chatting about, um, Sakurika's unique approach to this. And the bigger picture here is to create a sustainable, um, environment or sustainable, uh, economy for, for South Africans. Um, is this the first step? Have you done other uh, similar cases? Has it been success in, in previous? What are our chances of actually seeing this
0: happen? Interesting uh, shifts have been taking place in, in the uh, jurisprudence uh, area. Uh, so Sarkilika was a, an amicus curiae um, in a court case, uh, court case last year, uh, which was about ESCOM uh, suspending... Services, services to, uh, to municipalities, uh, based on the fact that those municipalities were not paying money over to ESCOM. And, uh, what the court actually, the appeal, Supreme Court of Appeal found there, uh, and this was in the the resilient case, was that, uh, essentially a, uh, residents and local businesses are not allowed to suffer or held ransom because of a dispute between two organs of state. Uh, and surprisingly and interestingly, the courts actually found that there was a wholesome failure on the part of governments all all the way up to national treasury to act uh, and intervene in the last 10 years. Uh, national tre- treasury should, should have stepped in 10 years ago to uh, intervene and to Uh, there's also dispute, uh, resolution mechanisms for two organs of, for organs of state that hasn't been used. So it seems that the, the courts are, uh, looking favorably at the, this idea that, uh, you know, just because a municipality doesn't pay over money to ESCOM, that, uh, you know, ESCOM isn't allowed to spend service delivery. Now obviously that is a short term, uh, solution that is putting a plaster onto a big wound. Uh, so Sarkalicha is not only interested in, in the short-term, uh, remedies, uh, because essentially there will, I mean, you can force ESCOM to keep the lights on, uh, for a certain amount of time, but if they're not getting paid by municipalities, uh, it becomes kind of, uh, understandable <laughs> at a point that they can't, uh, deliver services. So that is exactly why we are approaching this more long-term, uh, solution in litigation, which is to, to take municipalities out of the inqu- equation insofar as it pertains, uh, actually just doing something very simple. It's, it's, it's paying money over from, uh, from taking the money that residents pay every month for electricity in terms of a prepaid system. Uh, and then paying it over to ASCOM. So, uh, yeah, that is, uh, the long-term, uh, leg of, of, of our litigation strategy. Well,
1: it seems, it seems that's absolutely brilliant. And, um, I'm a big fan of a, uh, the opposite of a top-down approach and definitely a bottom-up approach, which is, a, which is what this, uh, this approach definitely seems to be. And it, it makes, Perfect, perfect sense. And uh, we, we hope it, we hope it will definitely be successful and solve uh, the many problems facing not only but macro economy, but, but the micro economy. Uh, it's been an absolutely wonderful uh, conversation. How can uh, average businesses or local businesses or even individuals uh, protect their, protect their investments or, or get behind this, this initiative of yours?
0: First of all, I think it's important for, uh, Businesses in local, uh, municipalities or local areas, uh, in, for instance, Northwest to get involved the level of chambers of commerce. There's been exciting developments lately with, uh, chambers of commerce or, or business chambers in, uh, uh, rural areas or local areas. Uh, and I mean, there's immense opportunities there to negotiate, not only negotiate with, uh, local governments uh, and to to kind of to work out solutions that that's more uh, you know, conducive to doing business in those areas um, yeah but there's also the opportunity to uh, to approach the court uh, uh, in the final analysis if things don't work out uh, so in terms of Sarkalicha's campaign uh, businesses or business owners can go on our website sarkalicha.co.za forge slash NW, so that's November Whiskey, uh, to check out the campaign and to see what we're doing there, uh, to see which municipalities we are, uh, are covered in our application, uh, which is set to be heard by, by the courts in the coming few months. Uh, yeah, and there's all sorts of information on that page, uh, where business owners can see how they can get involved. And what they can do. So it's sakeliga.ca.za forward slash NW.
1: Fantastic. And, and Tian, it's been an absolute wonderful chat. And really enlightening as well. And I hope the uh, listeners and those business owners that have been listening will definitely support this initiative. And that's at sakeliga.ca.za forward slash NW. Thank you, Tian. It's been a wonderful chat. And I'm sure we'll have you on for an update in, in no, no time At all. And unfortunately that brings us to the end of what was a rather lovely show. And remember, if you missed the show, you can uh, catch up on the podcast, which should be available on our website at www.hikai.fm.com. And click on uh, podcasts and you'll scroll down to Dear Parliament there.